Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. friends and families around the world welcome to another exciting edition of our kids play hockey we are coming to you somewhat live as we're recording this on a very snowy day in the northeast of america each one of us has to go shoveling or has shoveled already but we're going to come together today to do our show our topic today which should be no surprise as it's the end of the year when you're watching this is valuable lessons to learn from a lost season a topic we are borrowing from my friend Christy Casciano's book, My Kids Play Hockey, which was valuable lessons to learn during a losing season. So once again, I'm joined by Christy Casciano Burns. That's Mike Benelli. I'm Lee Elias. We're going to jump right into it today. Um, we know with everything that's going on in the world right now, you may have had a season. You may have had a season to stop. Your season may have been canceled. Maybe you never had a season. The point is, every one of us in some way this year has lost hockey in a certain way. And what we wanted to talk about is kind of the looking forward how to plan for the future when you've just lost a season. And a lot of things, and Christy, you wrote about this in the book. Losing can affect a lot of things. It can affect uh, your, your positivity. It can affect your confidence. It can affect everything. It's do I want to keep playing, right? Especially when everybody's down. So what we're hoping to do today with this show is give you some of the tools needed or some of the tools that you can apply to yourself as, again, a coach, a player, or a parent. This applies to all three that can help you maybe get out of a rut and move forward because there are a lot of a silver linings that come from a time like this. B there are so many lessons that can be learned about adversity, accountability, reflecting, planning that if, if they're not applied to your team, to yourself, even yourself as a parent right now, you may miss an opportunity. Right. And I think all three of us on this show kind of live by that creed of like, don't leave a rock unturned. You can learn from everything I love that phrase is I never lose. I win or I learn. I really believe in that. Some people think that's kind of cliche, but I really, really believe in that. You know, and my final note before we get into it is, I've, you know, when I wrote uh, my book, Win, in the dedication at the end, I made sure without naming anybody, I thanked every coach or teammate or person that I interacted with that I thought did a bad job because they taught me how to do a good job. I was always very, very spongy with, I don't like the way that person's doing it. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying, I don't like the way they did that. I want to do it differently. I was very aware of that. So I want to first throw this to Christy, because Christy, obviously, you once again are the inspiration for another, another topic on the show, right? Um, and you said this to me before the episode, that you've dealt with losing seasons, right? So let, let's just talk about adversity first, right? The adversity that you deal with with a losing season and, and how to deal with that losing hand. 
Well, it is the reality of sports, isn't it? You win some and you lose some. And there was a season, my son's squirt hockey season, they lost them all. Maybe they won. No, they didn't win any games at all. They lost every single game. They tied one or two. It really got to the parents. And to be honest with you, I think it bothered the parents more than it did the kids because about an hour after losing the game, the kids were on to, you know, if we were away in a hotel, they're on to perfecting the perfect cannonball in the swimming pool while the parents are all getting together and analyzing (laughs) the game and picking it apart. And, you know, we should have different plays and they should have different lines. And, you know, we need to scrimmage this play more. The kids didn't even care. They moved on. So I think that, yeah, so take a lesson from your kids. You really got to learn how to brush that off and move on to the next and a credit to the coach because he saw the team that he was dealing with they were all younger players very inexperienced and we were going up against some pretty competitive teams so he knew the reality these kids weren't weren't going to win but they were going to win in other ways they're going to win those smaller battles right and he would make it more about instead of winning the war Let's win that face-off. Let's see if we can work on how many shots can you take on the goal. They might not necessarily go in, right. but you know, the more shots you take, the better the chances of something going into that. Um, so to his credit, he really kept those kids motivated. And after the loss, he would say, okay, lick your wounds. Now let's get down to business right. and figure out how we can do better and what we need to work on. Like, and like I a think that's... He was great. I think his parents, I wish all of the parents could pick up on those lessons and um, not be so hard on the kids and make it all about winning and be so, um, you know, discouraged all the time that that they weren't winning those victories. So, yeah, there are a lot of lessons to be uh, taken to take away from a losing season, believe it or not. And and I'm sure, Mike, you probably had a few of those in your years as well. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I think not as a coach, but you know, right No, Well, as a player, as a coach, you know, you just like, listen, you can't, uh, there's, there's an old saying, right? Anybody can schedule a winning season. You, you can, I can, I can put a together, get a schedule that will win. Right. right? But where's the adversity? Where's the, the battle? Where's the, you know, get, getting up off your, you know, your butt Strength and, and getting back out yeah. there and. And, you know, and, but then you need to, as your coach did, uh, Christy, with your kids, you, you need to know how to manage that losing season. And I think at the, at, the, at the younger levels, it certainly is the parents. I mean, at the sport level and the might level, I, I, I can't, it's every, not every time, it's story after story after story. The kids are asking, you know, did somebody change my juice box yesterday? You know, and, and they're not asking about the score, but as the, as the levels get higher, and we're more competitive or, or, or jobs become on the line, right? You still have to find ways to keep players motivated. And you see that, you know, at the college level, even, you know, going into a season that you're probably not going to be competitive, but you got to find a way uh, to bring all of the pieces out of a player that you want, keep a, keep a focused effort on what the end game is. And it might not be winning, right? I used to joke all the time, you know, who, says losing doesn't matter losers yeah. right you know it's like like well if you lose all the time like oh no it doesn't matter the game it's not about winning yeah but you, well you always lose that's why you say that but right. the, the, the real the real key is though 
uh, win, lose, what are, what are you learning in the process of that? And I think at the youth level, at any sport, that's really the thing that will resonate most with these kids. And most of them won't remember that losing season, never winning a game, right. but they will remember getting berated or getting put down or losing love for the game. And I could tell you right now, like in my efforts in a losing season or that my, my kids forget about the losses. I try to have them remember about, well, what did they learn uh, through the process? Right. Right. You know, it, it's funny with this topic. I have so many stories as yeah. a player, as a coach, and even as a parent in some ways, but the thing that I always lean back on when it comes to adversity, uh, and I think the most important thing to focus on if you're a parent or even, you know, if you're anything, coach, parent, kid, is that you're teaching to not fear failure, right? If winning is the only thing that matters, or you're telling your kid that, or you're coaching kids that, or a kid thinks that, that kid's inevitably going to fear failure. Now, it, it, it's, there's got to be a, a very clear line here. <clears throat> there's a difference between fearing failure and hating to lose. I hate losing. I hate it. All right. As a coach, it probably made me very effective. Okay. But I don't fear failure. There's a, there's a huge difference between those two things. Right. And I think one of the things about today is that, you know, with the pandemic and, and the losses that have come from that, nobody really knows where to point the finger. Right. Like, cause, cause who failed, right. It's, it's like, it's, it's out there in the open. And so it's adversity. So I think the most valuable thing we can do as coaches, players, or, 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 um, parents is say, yes, we're in a time period where we're facing a lot of adversity. The whole country is, how are we going to get through that together as a team, as individuals, right? Those, I don't hear those conversations enough. You know, uh, a friend of mine, this is actually not a hockey story, but it works. Um, she had a, a daughter who was having a bat mitzvah, right? And basically got canceled. No one could go and she still had to do it. And she was devastated. And I understood but uh, her, her friend told her this, this thing that I thought was so kind of cool. She goes, it does suck. It hurts now. But she goes, listen, in 20 years, you're going to be able to talk about how you got through this pandemic. And we will all be talking about this for the rest of our lives, the pandemic of 2020, right? And how we got through it and what we did to get through it. You know, you want to champion this time period. And I, I just apply that with all the seasons getting canceled, right? That's actually going to flow us into the next topic, which is accountability, right? I think... Um, and, and I've been preaching this to my, my kids that I coach and, and, and everybody that I'm with is it's not so much, you know, how do you deal with the losing hand, right? You've been dealt a losing hand. We all got dealt a losing hand this year, everyone, right? It's, did you do everything you could to make sure that you maximize that time? All right. Now I'm not, I'm not trying to call out people that were playing video games the whole year or just sat around. I am calling out people that want more and then haven't done enough to do more. So for example, and I am going to use myself, my senior year, I tore my shoulder horrendously. I had to have surgery, right? Ended my senior year. Uh, all the colleges that were looking at me went away. And I understood, I, I think I've talked about this before. I understood why I didn't, they, you know, I might not play again at that point, right? They have only so many scholarships, man. I wrote about the game. I studied the game. I practiced with one arm till I got my, my, my uh, sling off. Then I started practicing more. I became a much better player than I had ever become during that six month period that I couldn't play. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to tap myself on the back. I was actually telling the story to a lady last night who emailed me and said that her son's senior year has just been canceled and that he deals with several issues. What do I do? And I told her the story. It's there's so much you can do, right? Be accountable, right? I'm going to say it again. I was devastated that my shoulder got torn my senior year, 
but it made me a better hockey player person. Uh, and the, the adversity I faced during that year is how I became a business owner. It's how I went to college and did play and how I went beyond college and played and coached, right? So if you get dealt that losing hand, you really can flip that around. And as, as parents, coaches, and players, it's, on, it's a team effort once again, right? I understand why that 13-year-old girl was devastated, right? How are we putting her on a path that this can be, you know, beneficial for her future? So I want to say this too. I know I'm talking a lot. You don't do anyone favors. This again, coaches, players, parents. You do not do anyone favors by giving them unrealistic expectations. In life, you don't always win. Actually, you often lose more than you win. So every loss, every losing season is an opportunity to teach them how to deal with that later in life, right? And it will play out in the game, right? You know, the last story I'm going to tell, and I promise I'll shut up because I'm passionate about this topic. I remember when I was a um, bantam, I've never seen this before or after. We played a new team in our league and they, they were losing every game, every game. And, we, and they're getting killed, 10 nothing, 11 nothing. And I remember when it was our time to go play them. Uh, Mike, I don't even know if you've ever seen anything like this. Christy, you too. This is what the experience was like. We walked in the rink. The players were there to greet us. I'd never seen that before in my life. You know, hey, thank, well, thank you for coming. They were trying to make a good impression. Um, incredibly respectful players. No cursing, right? Uh, well, well coached in terms of just being young men and women. And then after the game, they fed us. They brought lunch in and they fed us. And, and, and again, we killed them. It was 10 nothing. We killed them. I, I was blown away. I'd never seen anything. It had an effect on me, obviously, because I still remember this like many years later, I'll say. <laughs> right? Uh, they fed us. And I remember the captain shook all of our hands. And I remember leaving thinking, I've never seen anything quite like that. Their organization was teaching them to be adults in a complete losing situation. And it had such an effect that I, it had an effect on me. It had an effect on me. And my, my team won that. I think we won the championship that year. I, I was blown away by what the opportunity that they took. They knew they weren't going to win a game and they took the opportunity to make their team accountable under immense adversity. And you, you know what happened? We all ended up kind of rooting for that team. Like everybody wanted that team to win a game. You know what I mean? So anyway, except against, except against you. I've, I've never experienced that. I've never seen it. Right. Right. But I've never seen it before or after. Yeah. When, while we're sort of on the topic, on the flip side, if you are on a team like your team was and you're crushing that other team, you're up nine, nothing. Then you're up 10, nothing. Parents, you don't need more cowbell. <laughs> right. Right. Put the cowbells away because I've been on the other side where the kids are getting crushed and it hurts and it's not fun to watch. And when you've got parents on the other team who are cheering every goal after you've scored nine, or 10 goals and you keep scoring, just right. put the cowbells away, be respectful, coaches, let your kids work on their passing. You don't need to score anymore. Right. Be classy. Like that team was classy. They're, they were losing all the time and they were classy. Yes. They're winning all the time. You also have to. The definition be classy. of classy. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. Christy, I got to say. That's a pet peeve of mine. I just had to get that I, out, guys. I'm, I'm sorry. You. And I don't care if I sound condescending. I'm sorry, audience. If you have, a, if you have any, if any issues with what I'm about to say, please feel free to comment and let me know. I have never understood that at any point of my playing, parenting, or coaching time. I have never understood when a blood is happening. Uh, anyone, not just parents, anyone just continually demeaning or cheering or being obnoxious. What are you teaching your kid? Like, what are you teaching your kid? <laughs>
if you're the parent doing that, right? And, and yeah, yeah, you know, in terms of it hurting the kids, like I'll say this, like again, we'd be hypocrites if we didn't say there's some adversity in that that they have to deal with. That is part of life, okay? But you're a grown adult. What are you doing? Like I don't, I never got that. And again, Mike, I'm sure you 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 deal you've dealt with this the most, obviously, uh, but just parents being obnoxious. Again, I don't want to blame parents because I've seen coaches do this too. Just like, yeah, yeah, 20 nothing. All right. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mike, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, hey, you have to send the message. I mean, these kids shouldn't be in your league. If they're, if they're playing against you and they chose to play you, then you need to bury them and remind them that they should not be playing against your team. And right. that's the that's message it. you need to send. That's the and message. I think, and I think you'll – but, you know, it, it really does How New York of you. It, yeah, right. But it comes from the head down. So it really comes from a place where it's the, 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 the people we watch the most, right? When you see college sports blowing teams out, when you see, right. you know, again, maybe that's a different level. Maybe that's this message being sent. But I think at the youth level, you know, we're all in a place where if I'm the head coach of a team, and again, if I'm put in a head coaching position, I was put there by people that knew me already. Right. Right. So if that's who you are, and, and you're going back to Lee's story earlier, we just had this happen to us last year. We were in a tournament. Uh, the, the team that was, that was hosting a tournament was a complete fundraising tournament. They probably shouldn't – we shouldn't have been in their tournament or they shouldn't have been – you know, they shouldn't have allowed us in the tournament. We were, we were too high a level. After the game, they come in. The captain comes in with the goalie. They handed out all the cupcakes, uh, orange juice, right. thanked us for coming. And it did make it, it, it. Our kids were flabbergasted at the point that the team was still, um, you know, at a point where they're they were cordial, but they were great sportsmen, and, and it had nothing to do with winning and losing because they would have done that if they would have beat us too. You know, they were already prepared to do this because it was their tournament and, and it was their you know fundraiser. But I think it really does come from a place where we have to make sure that our leaders parents are leaders right uh, in in the stands are 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 leading players they set the example and it really does resonate from the coach on the bench right. and we have to do a good job of that and knowing you could be losing by 10 goals or winning by 10 goals there's a certain you know and i'm not i, I always get that feedback that well and i'll get it from my parents and, and some of the other coaches well we got beat last week 20 to nothing. Why shouldn't right. we beat this I team 20 that. to nothing? I, I said, that. how does that have anything to do with us? Right. <clears throat> and you know yeah. what? Aren't, and, and, and it is a fine line though, right, Lee and, and Christy, because you've probably seen this in games where the other team's winning is dominating so much, they start doing like a, like a five-pass rule or they got to pass right. the puck 20 times. It's actually maybe more embarrassing, you know, that, that you don't right. even get to touch the puck. So it, it is a hard thing, I think it's uh, – but I think when you get – hopefully you're not in that situation every single day or every game. So when it does arise, just be prepared how to handle it and, and, and how you're going to ask your right. kids to handle it. This is what I always tell my teams, right? When I coach, I say class and victory, class and defeat. There's just class exactly. all the time. Right. And, and again, Mike, to your point as a coach, you know, yeah, look, it can be insulting if you stop playing against the team, but you know, it's all about how you handle that situation. Like I said, are you being classy about it or are you guys going nuts when you score I always said the only time it's okay to go nuts in a blowout is when the kid that has never scored a goal scores a goal. That's somewhat understandable. All right. right but uh, that's tough. It's tough yeah. because, because right. most of the time when that happens, right. you put your four best players on the ice with right. that kid. Right. And, and yeah. it is a very, it's a, it's a hard thing to under, you know, to really. I, I'm just um, saying I, I get, I've always gotten, whether I was on yeah. the winning or losing side, I always was right. somewhat understandable of, okay, I, I get that one, but here's the deal. Cause I, I can hear some parents, 
agreeing with this and some parents shouting. Um, I, I, I think that there is this misconception from some people, again, this is probably parents and coaches, that you know, they have to learn how to deal with this toughness and, you know, me screaming and, uh, you know, yeah, and like, you know, you go for the kill. You go for the kill. Look, the three of us are all very successful. Um, and I'm not bragging. What I'm saying is that we all share common traits. The three of us on the show are very classy people. I, I'm kind of patting myself. I don't mean to, right? But like our shared success is in, we are very graceful, all right? We, we, we try and have empathy for other people. We give back, all right? Every successful person I've ever met or I follow, there are certain traits. And I can tell you that these traits were not always go for the kill, all right? And if they did go for the kill in business, they did it in a classy way, if that makes sense, right? Uh, they weren't loud about it. Uh, you know, so what I'm saying is, a lot of these traits, I think people think that they need to teach their kids. It's being taught the wrong way. There's a way to teach how to go for the kill without being obnoxious about it. There's a way to teach losing and not thinking you failed, right? There, there's a lot of lessons that come from all of these topics that it's not about being obnoxious and the loudest person in the room and beating your chest, right? And again, the, the, the common theme between what we've all been talking about with some of these losing teams that we've played that have given us sandwiches, food, coffee, right? Had major impacts on all of us and our kids and the other team and the losing team, a lesson that never went away for me. You know, I think about, um, you know, again, we do a lot of philanthropic work. You know, I can tell you that, that that team was probably one of the influences that made me see that for the first time. I had another hockey coach. Uh, I'll never forget this. I had another hockey coach when I was, uh, a teenager, you know, 17, 16 years old, this man gave us everything. I mean, he really gave back. He would hold huge parties at his house. We never had to pay. He'd have huge fireworks. Uh, he was a very wealthy man, but his, you, you could see him giving to everyone. Man, that had a major effect on me. I remember thinking, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to give back like that, right? He never rubbed in our face that he was wealthy. He never would have even known it. I mean, outside the, you know, the obvious, he never did that. He was always kind, always kind, right? He never ripped another team when we were beating them. And we won a lot on that team. Like his teams won, but we were not allowed to ever disrespect the team we were beating. Had a major effect on my life, all of it. So, you know, again, that's actually kind of a cool transition because I'm reflecting on that right now. And the next part is reflection. So again, we're talking about losing seasons or a lost season, heavy adversity, dealing with heavy adversity and how to understand that you have to face that adversity, get over it, then being accountable. Are you doing everything that you can possibly do to learn and grow during this time with the hand you've been dealt and then reflection. Okay. Now, especially with the pandemic or any losing season, it eventually will come to an end. Hopefully <laughs> eventually it will come to an end. All right. And I think it's very important uh, with any situation where you've lost or even one that you take some time to just reflect right? And look at your wins and losses, uh, you know, metaphorically, you know, what could have done better? What were the wins? What did we do well? Right? What, what, what did we fail at? Right? Again, we're not fearing failure, right? Reflect on those things because then you can apply them to the next time. Now, to be fair, I, I, I you know, we can all pray for this, but there probably won't be another major pandemic like this for a while. All right. It's a major learning moment for all of us that you can apply heavy lessons learned. Every kid that didn't get to have a graduation or a bar mitzvah or a quinceanera or whatever, right? Or a hockey season, all of this stuff. There's a lesson to be learned there about life's not fair. Let's move past it. So I think it's so important to reflect. And, and, and Christy, I want to turn to you because 
uh, you're, and again, we're all very close with our kids, but you, you have a real special relationship with both of your kids when it comes to hockey. Uh, you are the hockey mom, the quintessential <laughs> hockey mom, right? So like, I just want to get your thoughts on just reflecting, you know, and, and how you've done that with your kids or how your kids have done that, you know, organically. Right. And yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with perspective, right? Right. Positive attitudes are really important, especially when you're facing adversity. Right. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen next because, and I, and I shared this with you guys, my daughter plays uh, college hockey. She was looking forward to the season starting in January. As of last week, we were planning on her leaving the day after Christmas to go back to school to pick up a hockey season in January um, in the New England States. She just got the team meeting last night. They got together and the coach spoke the bad news that there won't be a season. She's heartbroken. Um, she was thinking there was a glimmer of hope. Okay, we, we didn't get started when we were supposed to, but you know, I'm seeing there are some other women's college hockey teams that are playing Syracuse University. You know, it's week by week. Sometimes their games are on, sometimes they're canceled, but they're playing. So she's thinking, well, maybe we have a shot at it. We're watching SU basketball. You know, they've got a season. Uh, football team had a season. Maybe I'll have a shot. And then they decided as a conference not to risk it. Canceled. Right. So I'm really curious to see how she's going to handle this. Um, already I've seen her kind of, you know, liquor wounds, you know, and just going back to those lessons from the court years. Let's see what we can do and how we can become better. She's, um, you know, organizing her workout equipment. She's signed up for a clinic with other college hockey players who also are going to have a season. They're going to meet twice a week and skate and challenge each other. So I like what I see so far. I'm curious if she's going to be able to keep it up, you know, until she goes back to school. So it's going to be a good test for all of right. us. You know, uh, and Mike, before I jump to you, Chris, you just reminded me of something uh, Tony Robbins says. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Um, and he always says, it's not about the resources you have, because sometimes you might not have any resources. It's about your resourcefulness, right? What you can That's create. So true. And yeah. I love that quote because that, that your daughter is doing that. It's okay. I don't have a season. What do I have or what can I create? Well, I found a clinic and I found this and she's taking action. She's being accountable. Yeah. Right. And again, you said it, she's reflected on that fact that there's not going to be a season and she's taking action. Um, and, and, and then I think the most brilliant thing about what you said was that, yeah, she's going back to her squirt years, which is the entire point of what we're talking about today. She's learned how to do this throughout the years, even though it's unprecedented, the situation. And, and, and again, uh, if she is listening, I, I feel for you so much to have a loss. I know what it feels like to lose a season. Yeah, and, and because you know how hard they work to get to play yes. Division One college hockey. Yes, and it's and it's. it's I mean, time you think you about. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And, and, right. And you think yeah. about all the showcases, and all the clinics, and all the practices, and all the meeting with coaches, and finding right. finally finding the right fit, and landing in a school that you love, and finally getting to play, going to a school that you love and playing the sport that you love. Wow, it's the perfect combination. Now it's all done. Well, now, yeah, well, yeah she's learning remotely too. She's not even in, in yeah. class. So it, it, it yeah, it's devastating. It's so and hard. Time is a commodity. It is the, the greatest commodity. And it, you, you, we all run out of it at some point. And the <laughs> thing is, is that, you know, uh, to me, the biggest loss of the pandemic in all aspects is, is time, right? It's time with my parents. 
who are elderly, you know, and again, I'm, I'm very, very thankful. Again, this is looking on the bright side. I'm very thankful we have FaceTime and ways to communicate where we can see each other without seeing each other today. But yeah, look, it's a year of our lives. We, we kind of can't get back. But again, it comes down to resourcefulness and she's doing that. And, and you know, we all can do that now. Now, Mike, turning to you um, as a coach. Now, this is always funny. I, I do want to talk about this. You and I are, both do this, whether we win or lose the season, like whether the season's great or horrible. Uh, after the season, we take time to reflect. And I, I want to talk about this because I think that a lot of players and parents don't realize that coaches do this. You know, when, when, when I was coaching uh, pro, when the season would end, whether we won the championship or not, we would always take usually two weeks to not talk about hockey at all. Just get away, shut it down. Uh, you know, we, always, we talk about the 24-hour rule with the game. Well, it takes two weeks after a season to, to kind of get it out of your system. Then we come back and, and reflect, right? So I wanted to kind of know what your process is with that. Uh, and again, for those of you listening, uh, Mike is a quintessential. If Christy is the quintessential hockey mom, Mike is the quintessential coach. I mean, Mike is really into it, all right? I can't express that enough because when we're off the air, you know, when we're off the air, all Mike is doing outside being a great dad is I get pictures of him at clinics, online, doing 50,000 other things. So he, he's really living the life, right? I mean, he's wearing a CCM jacket and a hockey hat. Yeah. So Mike, <laughs> tell funny. me a little bit about your reflection. Pro- yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit about your reflection process um, after a season, winning or losing, or even just after a loss in general. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I think this year has really uh, exposed a lot of the different things that maybe I wasn't doing because every week right. is a loss. Like every week is like, you're reevaluating what, like right now I'm, I'm like, are we on the ice tonight? Are we off the ice? We're going <laughs> to work on improving. Are we going to work on remote? Are we going to be, you know, where, what are we, how are we doing this in a, right. in a losing season? And I think I, you know, I think there's, there's no doubt that the best coaches the best people in business lose the deal. You deal, reflect on that deal. You reflect on that season. If you lost, you figure, okay, where, where did, where did, what did I do not to prepare my team? What, what did I do not to prepare my players? What did I do not to, you know, maybe do enough scouting, do enough background information, uh, you know, and educate myself, right? So I'm a big believer that in a, in a, in any of these situations, Christy's daughter and, and, and your kids and my kids, you have this, these losses, and you have these uncertain times, this is really the greatest time to find the weaknesses in your game, whether you're a coach or a player or a parent, right. you'll find like, wh- where am I failing? Uh, like me, I, I love, you know, reading your book and reading Daryl's book and reading uh, and, and listening to other podcasts and listen to other things that are out there that can make me a better coach, which in turn, hopefully can help my players become better players. And because of the role I'm in, to the parents I work with, I really try to be a conduit for all that information I get, right? Cause not, cause if you're a parent in a different uh, business, you don't have time to, you know, be around other coaches and, and be around other ways that the game is uh, evolving and ways that you can teach and, and win. Right. So I try to be that conduit to parents as well. Say, Hey, listen, I found this great article or I, I saw this great new technique or is this great new initiative that's out there that can help your kids we as coaches that are in a, in a you know, I'd like to say in, in the profession, we need to be a good conduit for the people that aren't. And it's a great way to say, you it. know, certainly, certainly th- those reflections are <laughs> evident 
more and more now every day. Usually you do like a season plan. Right. Like we're doing a weekly plan. It's right. like, okay, this is a daily plan. plan. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> are, are we on, what are we doing tonight? And I'll get text messages all day. Uh, are we on tonight? Are we off tonight? Is it Zoom tonight? Are we, uh, are we right. at the rink? Are we not at the rink? Are we allowed to come dress? Can we not, can we get dressed at the rink? <laughs> it, it's, it's, you're, you're evolving each minute of the day. And it really is, I, I actually like, other than like, you know, a situation, but I do like the challenge. I like the fact that I can take the things we're doing now because look at these kids, they're reinventing. They're finding out that, wow, I can work on stick handling and shooting at home. Like I don't need mom making me go to a private instructor and have ice on. I can do these things, whether that's good or not for the private instructor. <laughs> it, it, the kids can find ways to, to invent what they want to do on their own time. And you know what? And it's, uh, you know, it's something that I say to the kids all the time. It, you know, you can either want it or you're not right. And if you don't, you don't, Yeah. if I don't see you all my, all the players that I work with, if you're not going out of your way to do those things and you do want to play video games all day, that's fine. Yeah. That just, but don't, but don't expect the, the, the expect the result. Right. And, you know, it's going to be, there will be a result or there won't. Right. So I think yeah. this is those times where you can, that exposes really how much kids love certain things too. Well, that's accountability too. And, and like, uh, just mimicking what you said, I think the, the, you know, what I took away from what you said was you're not afraid to look at your own uh, style, your own actions, your own coaching and say, you know, I could have done this better. I think not a lot of people or not, not enough people do that. You know, I, we've said it before on the show that good coaches think they know everything. Great coaches know they know nothing, right? Cause it's an ever evolving process. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to become better. You know, and again, we talked about like super high performing people, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'll, I'll, without saying any names, Mike and I have a mutual friend who was a captain in the NHL. And I remember he told me that, you know, when you get to the NHL level, the variance between the best player you know, a Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and maybe the, the lower tier player is so small. You know, he said the best player and the, and, the, and, the, and the lower player in the NHL, the skill variance is maybe maybe 1%, maybe. It might be less than that. And he was telling me about what he would do to get 0.5% better, what he would pay, what lengths he would go to, just because at that level, 0.5% is another million-dollar contract. You know what I mean? Just what you like, eat. Just what you right. eat. How, right. how you sleep. And, and what I learned from that was this person is relentless in his pursuit to find better ways to do anything that he does. It, at first, it was uh, almost like, wow, that's, that's you know, intense. And then I started mimicking that person, and it really helped me. I started, you know, I can be this way. And and with my coaching, my parenting, with, with everything I do, business. And it's like, you know, just the, the relentless, that's how I say it, the relentless pursuit to be better. It's, it's, it's an uncommon trait. It's something I've realized that, you know, it, you know it's, it's an all the time thing. And, and I'll tell you, um, everybody listening here, and, and again, Christy, as an anchor, you know this too, right? Uh, the, the idea that you have to kind of be in game mode almost all the time to succeed. So like NHL athletes, and, and Christy, I'd love to know your experience with this as a broadcaster, but NHL athletes, they don't really rest, right? I mean, rest is part of their regimen in terms of sleep and prepared, but you know, they're working out. They're always in game level mode. And again, you see this with NFL athletes when they go, or with, with any athletes, when they go and do other things, it's just maximum all the time because that's what it takes to maintain a pro level of anything, right? 
and again, Christy, you're a professional anchor. And you've been doing that for, for a good amount of time, right? It's, you didn't find success like that in doing something for decades by being an anchor and then just coming home and go, oh, you know, like, right? It's, it's an all the time thing, right? It is. Well, it helps being a news junkie. So, right. Right. I'm that's my point. That's my news. point. Yeah. Yeah, but like, you're but, on that um, all the time. Yeah, right? we're always yeah. looking. Yeah, we're always looking for ways to freshen up our newscast and be more creative and deliver great content. And also, you know, like right now, so many people have questions about the vaccine. Right. Is it safe? How many times? If I get it once, am I? Do I need a shot every year? They want to know if I have allergies. You know, can I get this vaccine? We have gotten flooded with calls. So you know what we're doing? We're going to put a half hour special on tonight yeah. with a leading infectious disease expert from our local hospital who also conducted trials for the Pfizer vaccine. So he really knows a lot about the Pfizer vaccine. We're going to just pepper him with all of our viewers' questions, finding a creative way, you know, even though, okay, it's the same news over and over again, it, but people need to have Right. the most information, the best information, you know, and so, yeah, we're always looking for ways to deliver the freshest content that people um, need right now. Right. So, yeah, you're right. You, you never, you never sit still. You never no, become relentless. stationary. You're always improving, always working on what can we do better? What can we do to make sure that we're delivering what people need? Right. Um, also, while, while I got you guys, and it's just something I want to pass on, we talked a lot about our kids focusing on, you know, looking at areas that they can improve now that we're, we, we could get shut down again. We might not have hockey. We don't know what the future is. My daughter's season just got shut down. A coach of my, a friend of mine contacted me and said, hey, you know what? I don't know if my kids are going to have a season, but I'm keeping them engaged in the fact that we can still not only make ourselves better hockey players by doing our own individual thing, but together help make the community better. He's organizing a canned food drive and the kids are honchoing it. And it's wonderful. So this is a great opportunity for us not to only think about ourselves and getting ourselves better, but right. also what can we do to make our community better? And so many people are hurting right now. If you've got a team of kids who can collect food for the local food pantry or, you know, help out the animal shelter, or maybe, you know, ring the Salvation Army kettlebell for a half hour. Look for those opportunities too, because that's going to keep you not only motivated, but you're going to help that little corner of your earth too, a little right. bit better. You're teaching, you're teaching team building. And again, look, I'm a big believer. Yeah. Whenever you give back, you feel great. It's so true. I mean, when you give someone else a present, we all hear this story, obviously, this time of year especially, but giving back feels great. And it's a great lesson, uh, and, and as you said, Christy, to, to apply right now to teams that can't play. You know what? We can't play hockey. We're fortunate to play hockey. What can we do to help people in need right now? Extremely valuable lesson. Also, a, a, I don't want to call it a distraction, but it's a great way to pivot away from the pain of not playing. Is that, look, We're going to do this as a team. We're going to do this as a team together. Um, and In fact, again, another great transition. That would take a lot of planning, which is also the last part of our show today, but planning how you can use all this experience to move forward, right? Uh, and, and again, Christy, seriously, like, it takes planning to do that. And, and the way I'm going to equate this to this year um, is this, you know, again, I'm a positive person. I'm, I'm realistic, but I'm positive. 
we're in month whatever of the pandemic. <laughs> it's almost been a year, right? Um, I know that at least in my experience, and a lot of other people's experience, we know how to deal with this pandemic now a lot better than we did in March, right? Like when this started, there were so many questions. What's funny is there was about 90% less coronavirus out there at the time, but we were 100% more scared because we didn't know. We didn't know anything, right? And now the, the cases are peaking, but we, we know so much more about it, how to deal with it, what to do if you get it, right? So we have inadvertently throughout the pandemic been planning how to deal with school shutdowns. Not, Mike, you were saying this, the, the ice is canceled tonight. You know, you get better and better and better at these things. Now they all suck. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that right? But you're using your experience to get better and better and better. So if we're equating this to the large picture, and, and, and Christy, I'm actually going to jump back to you and then to Mike on this one. It's, it's how do we plan, right? We have to use the adversity, the accountability, and then reflecting to plan for the future. And I think that if we don't do that, that's the real missed opportunity is taking all of these things that are happening and using them to make a stronger experience for the future, right? And again, I'm sure that you've had to deal with that, Christy, so much um, with everything. Flexibility is key too, right. because Especially right now, right, right now, isn't that so true? Right. I can't tell you how many you know right turns I've made when I thought I was going to go left during this whole pandemic. Right. But you figure or it out. Or the car just stopped and ran direction. out of gas. That's <laughs> that's the type of exactly right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you gotta learn how to roll with the punches. Right, right, absolutely. And and Mike, again, planning for a coach is is everything. I mean, season planning, and then of course every season the plan gets blown up and <laughs> thrown in the trash at some point. And but that's where you use the experience, right? Yeah, I mean we're I mean and, and, and we're even in you know our audience, right? And the people that we're really reaching out to, I think the most, like the people I talk to the most in my world are right. youth hockey parents and youth hockey coaches. You know, we don't, we don't get a chance to go into a bubble. Like we don't get right. to go and say, everything's planned out. You know, breakfast is at this time, foosball's at this time, the, the team videos at this time, practice is here. We don't, you know, I, I think everybody looks at these, uh, you know, professional organizations and college and what they're doing, which is, which is unbelievable actually, right? right? But we don't get a bubble. Like, I, you know, so our planning now becomes even more crucial because we're not just planning for some stupid hockey team. We're, we're planning for, you know, I, we have other kids, you, you, right. your, 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 your wife and you, your work, or, or you have, you know, things that are going on at the house, shoveling driveways, you know, getting uh, wood, uh, mowing the grass, whatever it might be and where you're at, there's other things that still go on in life. And, you know, and the day of saying, oh, oh, we have, guess what? We have ice tonight, practices tonight. That, that's not as easy to do. Right. having a plan having a this is op and i try to do that right now i try to send out weekly this is option a option b option c if we're on ice here's our schedule this right week, parents if we're not on ice here's our schedule this week and if it changes <laughs> you know, plan c let's not get to that right. i haven't i haven't presented that yet uh, but i think but i think it's at the planning part um and i know for a fact now this will help me be a better planner for next year. Right. And it's going to give me an opportunity to say, wow, I didn't really need all of that other stuff for, and, and, and then the, the whole monkey wrench of this whole thing is, is hockey is so weird that, to, to, to your point, Chrissy, about the, the food drives and the community, the hockey community is a much, and, and for somebody that's been involved in soccer 
and baseball, lacrosse. The hockey community is just a it's a much different community like that, and you can do those things. For whatever reason, I'm not really sure what it is, but the connection is is deeper, and I think uh, more lasting sometimes for those athletes. And so you want to take that, you know, don't take that for granted. Take that as a, right. a great positive that your kids do want to be together. You have coaches that want to do these things, whether it's in the community or find other ways for your kids to participate and get parents involved. Uh, but the biggest thing is, you know, the planning. It, it's, uh, you know, the old saying, right? We said this right from the, the first time we've ever met, right? If, if, you don't, if, you're, if you don't plan, right? If you don't plan, you're going to fail. They're planning right? to fail, yeah. If you don't plan, and, you're planning to fail. <laughs> and, and now, and we're just doing that in a microcosm now, right? We're right. just doing that in daily uh, things that we're doing and maybe not looking at, like, there is no season plan for me. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, is the season now going to go until April and May and June? Like, now everybody's like, oh, we'll start the season now in February. So we'll just go. I go, yeah, but what about all the kids that play lacrosse and play other – like, do, do you understand there's other things that, that, that happen right. in, the, in the world? And I think, you know, we have to – that's all comes into play right now in how we're going to, you know, how we're going to approach this, uh, right. this next season. And I'll go back to my new house professor who always taught us the five Ps. Prior planning prevents poor performance. That's all you need to know in life, kids. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And, and I'll say this too, is that, you know, for everyone out there, right, listening, as we, as we kind of close this up, um, you know, I remember, again, story, right? I remember at the early part of the pandemic when all the schools got shut down out of nowhere. Everything shut down within two weeks, right? And suddenly my 40-hour, well, really 80-hour, but my 40-hour work week went down to two to five hours a week. And suddenly I had to plan all of that 40 hours of work in five hours. Now, the funny thing is, you know, we, we leveraged a lot of stuff. We planned a lot of stuff, but it was getting done. And I remember when, you know, things started to open up a little bit and suddenly I had maybe 10 hours or 15 hours again, I was getting all my work done in five hours. And I, I was sitting there like, man, I got, I, I got nothing to do. And I realized at that moment, I think, and this applies to everyone. This isn't just me. I got really efficient <laughs> at doing a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. And I got better at it. And now what's happening is I'm doing even more now than I was before because the pandemic taught me how to do that, right? So that lesson can be learned. Again, it's all about how you approach your experience to take things away from it. Again, I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back with that story. I think a lot of people are doing that and don't realize it. I think when this pandemic ends and kids are back in school and we all go back to doing the things that we normally do, like, you know, eating out, <laughs> I think it's going to be really weird at first because not only are we going to have severe anxiety being around other people, but I think we're all going to be really proficient yeah. at doing things quickly. I think, I think we don't realize we're doing that. Right. And I'm, again, I'm well, an that's optimist. That's the whole sales pitch for everyone at JP Morgan. <laughs> there you go. Right. No, listen, I, I, again, I'm an optimist, but I'm a realist. Right. And, and I'm also a geek. And there's that, the great saying from one of the Batman films that the, the, the night is darkest before the dawn and the dawn is coming. Right. I, I really am interested. And again, I know there's a lot of pessimism out there, but I'm very interested and optimistic about when the, the, the iron curtain of the pandemic removes itself and we all come out back into the light <laughs> for the first time. You know, I really think we can accomplish a lot together. And, and, and again, I'm not just talking about this. I mean, yeah, it's a hockey show, but I mean that like Think about that time about, you know, when you're able to do these things again, what could we accomplish together? What have we learned? Right. That's the whole point of the show, right? It's, we have all lost something or in some way in this past year, all of us. 
I'm, I'm excited to see how we're going to take that experience as a community, as a culture, really as a planet. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times in my life I've been able to say that, right? And push forward together in spite of all the negativity that I'm not going to even talk about what's going on, all of the stuff going on right now, right? There's no way you're going to tell me a year from today in December of 21 I'll knock on wood for this, but that it's not going to be better than right now, right? Like there's better times coming. So anyway, that's my final word. Did either of you want to put a final word in before I do my, my slide close to get out of the show? I want to end it by the way that you began it, which I even have this quote up on my kids' rooms. My children never lose. They either win or they learn. I love it. Mike, is that a good place yeah. to end it? You agree with that? <laughs> I think so. That's too. it. I mean, that's. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually writing that down right now, so I'm going to have to use yeah. that later. But yes, perfect. Christy, uh, go ahead, Christy. Because I, 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 I like your voice more than mine. Say it one more time for everybody listening, including Mike. Mike, get your pen ready. There you go. Yeah, go ahead. My child never loses. They either win or they learn. There you go. And we hope you all learned something <laughs> from this episode today. Is that uh, your backup for you? Right, right. I'll type it out. We have computers. Today. No, no. Listen, we, we really hope this was, a, was an informative episode for you all today. We love sharing our stories. We want to hear from you as well. Make sure that you visit us on OurKidsPlayHockey.com or visit our Facebook page, OurKidsPlayHockey. Pretty much if you search for OurKidsPlayHockey, you'll find us somewhere. Uh, but this is all about becoming a community. If you, have, again, have topics you want us to talk about, if you have comments on the things that we talked about today, if you have anything you want to discuss with us and create that conversation, that's what we're all about. So once again, for Christy Casciano Burns, Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. This has been another great, great episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. I love doing this with both of you. And uh, yes, we'll be back again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great holiday, new year, whatever you're listening to this. Enjoy your day.